Hey everyone, I know it's been, uh, what, like seven months since my last episode, and uh, I wanted, I've been wanting to get back into it for a while now, and just haven't had the time, haven't really written the notes that I usually have, um, but I wanted to do something, I had some time today, so I wanted to just kind of talk about something that I've been thinking about for a while, that this podcast has kind of been uh, not really mainly focused on but I've kind of touched on it a lot throughout my other reviews it's almost like a little sub theme or something um, and that's kind of the state of film criticism and really my philosophy on film criticism and on evaluating art in general so I, I don't have any notes for this it's going to be very loose and this might just be a complete mess but I wanted to give a shot give it a shot and just talk about um talk about that so i want to start with kind of the state of film criticism and i think first of all there's kind of a lack of understanding in people about what the purpose of film criticism is i feel like um people do not understand that critics are not here to tell you necessarily i mean yes they are criticism how good or bad a movie is that's obviously a part of it and obviously a part of it is they're used as whether or not you should see a movie. But it's so much more than just that. And I feel like people miss that a good piece of criticism um, you walk away from and whether or not you like the movie, your experience was enriched and you have something to think about. And the critics are supposed to be movie experts. They've watched many things. And with that knowledge, they're supposed to be able to kind of... Um, unveil things you may have missed help you kind of navigate a piece of art in your own mind and kind of um, maybe come away with some better understanding or some new way to think about it and I feel like that aspect of it has been lost in favor of just tell me whether I should watch this tell me is it good or bad and um, I understand that and I am not in any way exempt from that I'm still striving towards and working towards being able to do what some of my favorite critics do, where you read a review and you come away from it, not even necessarily knowing if the movie was amazing or terrible, but more thinking and they unveiled new things. And there's things that they said that you never thought of. And there's things that maybe you agree with or disagree with, but it makes the movie richer and it just increases the whole experience. And that's what I'm striving for. And someday I'll get there. But, um, that's what I think all critics should be striving for. And I think that's what's lost. And that kind of goes into like, who are our critics nowadays? And I have to acknowledge the irony in me commenting this, a random guy on the internet with a podcast that I just started. Obviously, I am one of them. But obviously, also the the positive part of the internet is everybody gets a voice and you're uplifting all these people that uh, maybe could not have their voice heard and who have interesting takes and perspectives and all that's really cool. But then the downside of the internet is everybody has a voice and all these people who criticize in bad faith or frankly don't know what they're talking about, who don't watch movies, who don't have that knowledge I think a critic should have are, uh, you know, spreading their word to pretty large audiences and are pretty influential. And I think that can be um, kind of dangerous and I think that has devalued criticism 
especially when we're so inundated with, I admit it, people like me, with YouTubers, with podcasters, with all these people who um, don't know what they're talking about and don't, um, not necessarily don't know, but also don't have the the drive to learn. Like I'll admit, there are some pretty massive holes in my film knowledge, but I'm always trying to fill them and I'm perpetually watching new things and exploring and trying to increase my knowledge. And I think that's really important. And I find with a lot of these YouTubers, they're very close-minded and they think they know it all and they're not exploring. And this is, I'm totally generalizing. This is a big blanket statement. Obviously, um, there are lots and lots of exceptions to this rule. So we live in this world where criticism, what even are critics anymore? Because you've got people who write for publications who used to be the critics, but then now people start their own publications and there's all these other websites and now anybody can be with YouTube and our YouTubers critics. What is the difference between a critic and a reviewer? And there's all this stuff um, that really has muddied the waters and just made it kind of a mess. And I think that's why film criticism is dying. People don't know who to listen to anymore and people are listening to the wrong people. Um, so that's why, you know, I urge you and myself, I challenge myself to keep looking for smart knowledgeable people who are still um, trying to expand their knowledge, who are using their voices to enrich the movie watching experience, not just good, bad, the binary that kind of consumes the internet these days and the internet encourages. With that said, I also wanted to talk about um, my thoughts on how you review movies or what is like my philosophy or what I think people's philosophy should be, what I look for in a critic when reviewing a movie and first of all like i was saying the internet encourages the binary good bad it encourages kind of the removal of any nuance any subtlety and that was my original goal of the podcast was to find that subtlety and to hone in on that subtlety and that is still a core tenet of my belief system as a critic um, and from that i think it's grown a little bit uh, one of the things i see people do a lot is if they see something in a movie they don't like, a decision or a story beat or something, it's just instantly in their head. It goes, okay, that's something bad. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. And I think a good critic, they'll still, they can acknowledge if it's something they don't agree with, don't like. They can, even if it is something bad, they'll say it's bad. But it's less about clocking the good and bad things and more about trying to understand why the filmmaker made that choice why that decision was made. Um, and I always think that you have to review a movie for what it is. You can't bring in any outside expectations. Expectations are the killers of joy. Um, you have to meet what you're watching on its own terms. You have to go in completely blank and just take in what the filmmaker's trying to give you. And then you evaluate that. If you're trying to judge it against some standards, it's just never going to work out. You have to consider the intent of the artist when you're reviewing it. Um, so that's one thing. But then to kind of counterbalance that is with artistic intent, you also have to understand that like the art kind of stands alone and it speaks for itself. And things can happen in the art that the author or the artist never intended specifically. Maybe it was a subconscious thing. Maybe it was a mistake, 
but now it is part of the art and it does contribute to the overall meaning of the art. And even if the artist says it doesn't, the two kind of, once it's out, it's out, they're separated. And the art has to speak for itself as well, which is really interesting because like maybe an author will write something um, that is now interpreted by some people one way and the author goes, no, no, that's not what I intended. And in some cases, yeah, you listen to the intent and you'd be like, yeah, that's not um, a correct interpretation. But then in other cases, if the interpretation is valid and there's enough supporting it, the art stands alone. And even if the author didn't intend it, that's a valid interpretation. Um, another thing is like context. Originally, I think when I started this podcast, I came in with the idea of like, leave everything behind, watch only the movie, only think about the movie and judge that. And I still think that, but I also think that's a little naive. Um, the context, whether it's historical context, whether it's the context of the filmmaker's career, whatever it is, is so important to processing and understanding art. I think um, if you're not thinking about that, you're actually missing a lot of the point. And my example for that would be um, Killers of the Flower Moon, which was Martin Scorsese's recent movie, where if you watch that movie not thinking about, not even historical context, let's talk about directorial career context. Let's talk about Scorsese's career. If you go into that movie and you don't think anything about Scorsese and his career and him directing this movie, you'll still probably, it's a great movie, but you'll be missing something that's vital to that movie. And that is the way the movie speaks to Scorsese's career and speaks to his evolution as an artist. All of that comes from the context of knowing him and knowing his movies and seeing his progression and all of that would be completely missed if you don't go in thinking about that context. So again, like everything, it's a balance. Go into the movie focused on the movie, but you also, I think, need to um, think about at least or be familiar with the context. Another thing is like the intellectual versus the emotional, because when you watch a movie, it's always the competing of those two things there's the intellectual, which is, you know, um, all the finer details. What are they doing here? This shot communicates this, this decision, this, that decision, all of that. And then there's also just the emotional, which is the experience of watching it. What do you, how does it make you feel? Um, are you moved? Even if you can like intellectually see what's happening, what effect is that having on you? And those two things I think a good reviewer, a good critic, whatever, can capture both and talks about both. Sometimes I'll read something and I feel like it tips too far in either direction and it's all intellectual, but then you come away from it and you're like, okay, but how did you, how did it make you feel? Um, and sometimes it's all emotional and it's like, okay, but why? Like, what about it made you feel this way? So again, it's all about balance. And you have to look for both and acknowledge both, I think, as a critic. Um, that also gets to with the emotional, like the critic's voice and how much should their voice be a part of it? And how much should you be learning about the critic himself or herself 
rather than just the movie. And that's another thing I'm trying to reckon with in my head. What else? And then there's also the age-old question of just subjectivity and objectivity in art. Um, What's something you like versus something that's good? Can you like something that's bad? Or by liking it, does it automatically make it good? Or if you don't like it, can you acknowledge it's good? Or if you don't like it, does it mean it automatically has to be bad? And how does all that work? And that's something I don't think will ever be answered clearly. But my opinion on that has pretty much stayed the same. Art is subjective. There's a reason why me and you can watch a movie and I can love it, you can hate it. That's subjectivity. But that said, there are also objective measures, or maybe not objective measures, but there is some sort of objectivity to it because if you sit 100 people down to watch The Godfather and then 100 people down to watch, uh, what was a terrible movie this year? The Flash. There's a reason why maybe 80, no, let's say maybe 90 out of 100 of those people will love The Godfather and say it was great, while only 10 out of 100 of those people will say The Flash was great. Like, there's a reason why people gravitate towards certain things over other things. And just statistically, there's a reason why consensus is even possible, because I feel like if everything was truly 100% subjective, there would be no such thing as consensus. It would all be completely mixed. Every movie would just be 50-50 across the board by nature of the existence of consensus with outliers, then there is some sort of objectivity in art. And that's my view on it. And all that's to say, that's kind of my philosophy on criticism, on watching a movie. It's it's a lot, but it's also not that difficult. Like, I used to watch all this movie stuff, and people would say, point out these observations and all these interpretations, and I would kick myself over, how did I not see that? Oh my god, I need to be seeing these things and clocking these things. And I kind of realized, you need to let those things go. And it's not so much about trying to figure out the movie and figure out the interpretations and figure out the deeper meanings. Um, It's more about just letting it wash over you. And you can think about all that stuff later. But if you go into a movie trying to figure it out, then you're not going to have a good experience. And another thing, now that I'm talking, all these things I've been thinking about are just coming up. So much of kind of film analysis is this English class style of, you know, um, here's my one theme statement, thesis statement for the movie. This is the theme of the movie. And I just don't think that's how art works. The beauty of art is that it can have many themes. It can be contradictory. It can have sub themes, major themes. It can explore ideas in a way that doesn't have a clear thesis. It can have many different theses. It can be all sorts of things. So I think looking for that one theme, which is something I always used to do, can actually be uh, a hindrance to watching things. Those are kind of my thoughts on film criticism and how to look at movies. And none of this is rock solid. This is just my thoughts as I think throughout the day, um, as I just work through this stuff. And I, I hope that continues evolving and I hope I'm looking back on this in a year and like 
talking about all these new levels of things. Um, but that's pretty much it. Hope you enjoyed this. If you're new here, this is not at all my traditional style of episode. This is not really what I do. I'm usually a lot more structured and less kind of conversational, I guess. But uh, but I just wanted to try something new. And hopefully you enjoyed this. And I hope to be back with some more traditional stuff, hopefully in the next few months. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And have a good day.